0: The following message is from the North Shore Christian Center MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Center is available at www.nscc.org.au. How do we know if we're there? Well, let me just give you a very brief overview of what this journey is. Because for us, this journey is the sharing of the gospel. The sharing of the gospel with all of humanity And when we're done with this, it'll be the end of the journey and Jesus will return. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to 2 Peter chapter 3? And I want to read this scripture that challenges me. It challenges me enormously because of one word in verse 12. But let's read verses 10 to 13. It says this, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief. In the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of God. I I, want to underline that word, hastening. I want us to just focus a bit on the word hastening because hastening implies that we can speed up the process is that right we can speed up the process so we can speed up the coming of the Lord the hastening we can speed it up and it's like if we are people of God, then we can actually focus not only in looking for the coming of the Lord, but hastening the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So this is talking about the coming of the Lord. The second coming, Jesus came 2,000 years ago as his first coming. He's coming again. And we're believers of that. There are a couple of well, more than two, but let me focus on two thoughts about the coming of the Lord. One of the latest teachings on it, it's called The Kingdom Now or Dominion Theology, and it's all about that the coming of the Lord will happen when we Christians set up the kingdom of God on planet Earth. So it's up to us to um, basically uh, get into places of governmental power. Because it's up to us Christians to take over the world as the kingdom of God. And so kingdom now theology says get into politics, get into places of authority, let Christians become mayors and presidents and prime ministers and let Christians take over the world like that. And once Christians have extended the kingdom of God, that way Jesus will return to rule and reign because Christians, that's called kingdom now or dominion, theology and you know some churches believe that we don't quite believe that we're not kingdom now or dominion theology people we are more the second truth that i want to talk about which is imminent return of the lord people we believe in what's called the rapture of the church in uh, first thessalonians chapter four it says that the trumpet of god will sound and uh, we who are alive and remain will be transformed in the blink of an eye and will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord. The dead in Christ will rise first. And, and we call this the rapture of the church. It's found in First Thessalonians 4, verse 17. And so we're looking forward To that day when Jesus returns in the clouds and we get taken up to be with him forever and ever. And what Peter says is that that'll happen like a thief in the night. How many of you know that you don't expect a thief to come? It'll just, the thief comes when you least expect it. But then it goes on and it says that we can actually hasten this day. This day that we are looking forward to as Christians. Why is that? Because that's the day when... Every tear is going to be wiped away from your eye. It's the day when your suffering and tribulation and pain that's associated with living on this planet is finished. Yeah, there is a place for abundant life here. There is a place for us maximizing this life. But in this world, there'll always be pain. In this world, there'll always be sorrow. In this world, there'll always be tribulation. In this world, there'll always be trial. But Jesus is preparing us for heaven. He's preparing us for eternity where there'll never be any pain anymore. There'll be no trial, no tribulation ever again. And so we're looking forward to that day. But that's the end of the journey. That's the, are we there yet? Not yet. Where are we? We're in the middle of this journey. Well, what are we supposed to do in this journey? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that. Because there are three things that we need to be doing. The top three things. There's probably a hundred things that we need to be doing. But I'm not going to focus on a hundred. I'm going to focus on the top three things that we need to be doing on this journey to hasten the day of the Lord. And the first thing we need to be doing is preaching the gospel all over the world. Preach the gospel all over the world. That was... The Great Commission, part A, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the first thing that we need to do, part A. Then part B is found in Matthew 28, verse 19 go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you can see part A is the beginning of the Great Commission. Part B is taking the Great Commission to another level. Part A is preaching the gospel. Part B is making disciples. So we're not just called to preach the gospel. We're also called to make disciples. And then the third thing that is a top priority for us, is to usher in the return of the Lord. And in Matthew 24 verse 14, and it says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So what do we believe? We believe this, that in order to hasten the coming of the Lord, we need to take the gospel to every nation so what are the state of affairs i'm so glad you asked that question here it is very quickly state of affairs let me give you a brief overview of what the world looks like a third of this planet call themselves christians 2.4 billion people on this planet have got the terminology christian next to their name are they born again i don't know that's not up to me to judge. All I'm saying is that a third of the world's population call themselves Christians. What I'm excited about is this, is that 25, a quarter of those people are Pentecostal Christians. So yeah, get hold of this. One in 11 people on this planet are Pentecostal Christians. One in 11. Do you know in the year 1900, there was only one in 1600 that was a Pentecostal Christian. One in 1600. So at the turn of last century, 1900, there was less than a million Pentecostals on the planet. Today, there's 644 million Pentecostal charismatic Christians on the planet. A quarter of all Christians on the planet call themselves Pentecostal Christians. And the thing with us is that we're on fire to take the gospel. We, we are first, we are great commission Christians. I mean, we're just looking for missions. And that's what this church is all about. Then he said, "Well, what's the other state of affairs? The other state of affairs is that a third of the world's population are just not interested in the gospel. They just they can hear, but they're not interested. And uh, you know, they're, they're within ear range. And you know, countries like Japan, for instance, that are just one of." They've got Christians, they've had Christians there for years, but they're just not interested in responding. I mean, things are happening now, but for years, that they, they fall part of this one-third that have access to the gospel but are just not interested. That's a third of the world's population. And then there's another third that are not even within earshot of the gospel. There's another third of the world's population that just don't have access to churches, don't have access to Christians. And that third is what we're focused in on. So let me break down that one third of the world's population, because in that one third there's six and a half thousand people groups. This is from uh, this is from my research that I've done, Project Joshua. Um, Uh, Just so many different websites that I've visited that um, give me this information. So you you can do the searches yourself or I can give you access to do the searches yourself. So six and a half thousand people groups in the world that have not yet heard the gospel. Six and a half thousand people group that we are focusing on. So Christians like me, Christians like you are saying, we got to take the gospel to the 6,500 people groups that have not heard because it's in those people groups that we can hasten the return of the Lord because he won't come until every people group. That word nation is the Greek word ethnos, which means people group. Jesus is not going to return until they've all heard. They've all got this opportunity to hear the gospel. And so we've got to be people that are not just focused on the greatest story ever told, but we've got to get to the people where the greatest story ever told to them is the greatest story never told. And we need to get somehow the gospel to them. Now, in partnership with Wycliffe translators, they've also analyzed that there is 2,000 specific language groups that as yet do not have the Bible or any portion of Scripture translated in their language group. And so that becomes a focus as well. But you know, the good news is this, is that there's missions organizations all over the world that are saying, we can do this. We can do this. We can do it in our lifetime. We've got, you know, we're talking 6,500 people group, but we've got in the world today 45,000 denominations no I'm not talking about churches I'm talking about denominations 45,000 Christian denominations you know if, if every denomination say said let us reach one people group we'd cover the six and a half thousand you know what five six times bang just gone just like that seven times eight times so it's within the realm of possibility For us to do it in our lifetime, if we get involved. You need to get involved. I need to get involved. And as a church, we've got opportunity. You know, the the beautiful thing about you guys is that you're involved in a church that just doesn't talk about missions, but a church that does missions. Can you grab hold of this card? Just this, what a beautiful orange on this card. How many of you look at this card and say, man, I get hungry just thinking about this? Wow that you bear much fruit and on the back of this card is what's called my faith promise we've been doing these faith promises now since 1998 in march of 1998 my friend jack haynes incidentally he's coming to our church in may jack's coming to preach in may and uh, he is one of the greatest preachers on the planet i love jack And so he's coming to our church in May. But uh, Jack introduced us to these faith promise cards. And to me, this is a tool. And this tool has helped to raise $6.37 million just out of our church. That's enabled us to send out 43 missionaries just from our church. That's how many missionaries we've sent out over the last 17 years. And to plant over six thousand churches and reach well over a million people with the gospel because of this little tool how awesome is that and all this tool says is by faith as God enables me I will help evangelize the world by giving I'd love to put in there you know not just to evangelize the world but hasten the return of jesus christ you know Uh, why don't you why don't you write it in by faith as god enables me i will help evangelize the world and hasten the return of the lord jesus christ by giving to the missions program of north shore christian center from april 2015 to march 2016 i understand that this is a faith promise between god and me and i shall not be asked for payment at any given time matter of fact. We wouldn't know if you've paid or not paid because only God knows. All we need is your name on there to legitimise our budgeting. And basically, we're just going to trust that people that do that come up with the with the goods. You know, the amazing thing in our church is this. Um, we're the only church in Australia where year in and year out, people actually give more than their faith promised. That That is... That is unheard of. And 17 years on, we're still giving more than with faith promise. And one of the reasons for that is that we as a church are the first. So your tithes and offerings, we take 10% of your tithes and offerings and put them straight into missions. Matter of fact, that is one of the deals. Whenever I go pastor a church, this is the sixth church that I've pastored. I've only been here for 19 years, so it doesn't look as if I'm moving on soon. But it's always been the first agenda on the business when I take over as a church is now that I'm the senior pastor of this church we're going to tithe to missions so when I came here that's exactly what we did and we've done so ever since and we continue doing so because I'm a big believer that if you tithe to God God will bless you abundantly and so this is part of the process of us putting together a great missions organization through this so so what i want you to do is to really pray what to do we're going to take up the faith promise cards today if you're ready you can fill it out right now as uh, as i'm about to close this meeting and um, and you can fill it out and we'll take them up at the end of the meeting or if you're not ready then bring it next week and we'll do it again next week and you can contribute and hasten the return of the lord i just i just want to finish this morning by talking about four types of churches four types of churches and i've used the metaphor of ships the first type of church i want to talk about is the cruise ship church ann and i love cruising we you know i introduced Ann to cruising about eight or nine years ago a matter of fact the first cruise that we went on was with uh, with uh, Lindsay and Julie Clark and so they've never been on one since but Ann and I've been on one every year since so uh, there you go but the cruise ship church and cruising is all about getting fat if you want to put on weight go on a cruise ship why is that because every time you open your mouth someone puts food in it I'm telling you it's like that and you don't get to do anything like you don't make up your bed, someone else makes it up for you. You don't even clean the shower or the toilet because someone does it for you. You sneeze and someone wipes your nose. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like that. You get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and they've changed your sheets again. You think, well, what's going on here? Because cruise ships, you get it laid on thick. And some, some churches are like that. You come and you just enjoy it's all about you coming and enjoying the program, enjoying the service, enjoying the music, enjoying the preaching and you go home. You pay, but you go home. Cruise ship churches. I don't want to be a cruise ship church. Then there's battleship churches. You so say what's a battleship churches? Battleship churches are churches that are looking for fights. Man, they're just looking for war. You disagree with them and boom, boom, boom the machine guns come out. You yeah, man, they're on the blogging. They're on the website. They're just shooting everything that doesn't agree with them because they're battleship churches. There's aggression inside. They're all trying to fight, and they just fight anybody that disagrees with them. I don't want to be a battleship church. Then you've got hospital ships and hospital ships are all about, they're decked out to look after sick people, and so let's put sick people onto the hospital ship, and we'll heal them, and we'll look after them, and everything about a hospital ship is designed for sick people, and some churches are just like that, just bring in the sick people, and that's all we'll do is just we'll pray for them. We'll minister to them. And every week it's ministering to the needs of the needy people. And so it's presupposed. You're needy. You're sick. And we're here to minister to your needs. And your sick people. And so we always have altar calls filled with sick people. And everybody's sick. Everybody needs help. Everybody. And the whole focus of the church is we've just got to look after the sick people in our church. And bring in sick people because we're a hospital ship. I don't want to be a hospital ship either you say well what do you want to be i want to be a rescue ship a rescue ship the design of a rescue ship is let's go and find the lost let's go and find those that are drowning let's go find those that are not saved and get them saved but you know the beautiful thing about a rescue ship is that you have still got a restaurant in the rescue ship where people can eat and so you provide food for them. How many think that's good news? There's a restaurant. Not only is there a restaurant in, uh, in, in uh, a rescue ship, but there's also a sick bay for people that are sick, so people that are needy. We don't throw them overboard when they're needy and sick and say, well, we just the rescue ship. Sorry, go find the hospital ship. No, we've got sick bay. But we've not designed the ship to be a hospital ship. We've not designed the ship to be a cruise ship. Then we've got a games room in the rescue ship where you can be entertained and have a bit of fun and you can laugh a little bit. It's always good to laugh a little bit. There's opportunity to have you know games and stuff, but we're not a games ship. We're a rescue ship. We've also got a conference room where people can be taught, and that's wonderful, where people can be taught on better methods of rescuing, better methods of health. And so we've got in the rescue ship... The restaurant, the games room, we've got the, uh, the sick bay, we've got the conference room. But the whole aim is we're a rescue ship. We're out to rescue the lost. And so that's what we decided about our church a long time ago. We weren't going to be a cruise ship. We weren't going to be a battleship. We weren't going to be a hospital ship. We're going to be a rescue ship that has all these facilities in it. And you know what? That's what God's done in our church over the years for his glory. How many of you excited about that? How many of you love that? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I'm going to finish. Dan, you can come up. You know, a long time ago... God so came knocking at my door and said, John, you're going to be a missionary or you're going to be a pastor that does missions? And so I said, God, I think I can do a lot more from a pastor that sends out missionaries and is a missions church. And God says, well, that's the calling upon your life. You do that. And so I took that very specifically that I want to pastor a church that if I was at the giving end, that's the church I belong to if I was being sent out. Because so many people are sent out from churches and, hey, have a great time out there, God bless you. Whereas what we do is that, if you go out, you're connected. We've got, we've got the the lines connected. And so Helen's talking to our missionaries, every day almost, every week. She's on Skype, talking, encouraging. As a church, we're constantly: what are your needs? How can we help you? Oh, I need some new glasses. Let's buy them for you. I I, can't, I haven't got money for meat. Will we buy that for you. Um, you know, there's there's a need here, and and so we're constantly just. How can we help you be more fruitful? How can we help you be more successful? And I think that that's the same with us. you know. we just got to ask ourselves the question, am I going to go or I'm going to send? And for some of you, you're going. I tell you, I can sense it. You're going. You're going to the mission field. You're going to hear the call and you're going to go. We haven't finished yet. 43 is what we've sent out. There's more. And some of you, even while I'm speaking now, you feel the Holy Spirit saying, that's you. You're one of these people that's going to go. One of these people that's going to take the gospel. Maybe, Maybe some of you are going to take it to some people groups that have never heard the gospel. Maybe some of you are going to break ground that nobody else has broken and just see the joy of the light coming to darkness. What an incredible joy to go to a people group that have never heard the gospel. And you're the first to bring them the gospel. We've been waiting for centuries to hear about this. For centuries, our forefathers have died in their ignorance. But now you've come finally to share the light of God's love with us. Finally, our people have been able to. What a joy that would be. What a joy. Maybe some of you are going to experience that joy of being one of the first to share with the people group about the love of Jesus. But if you're not going to go, can you send? Can we send somebody? Can we send some finances? Can we finance people that are saying, I'm willing to go, I just need people to support me. I'm willing to go. Like, Like Shane and Marie. Man, they were really comfortable here. They were on staff, so comfortable. But now here they are on the front edge of media into the Arab world sharing the gospel with people that have never heard come on I think it's I think it's time for us to not let them be under budget but for them to be above budget at least because hey Shane and Marie we're not able to go but boy we want to send and we want to send well because if it was me on the other end that's how I'd want to be treated and that's the way that we need to treat amen so go will send they're your choices. So if you want to go, happy to talk to you. Helen's happy to talk to you. I'm happy to talk to you because we'll make opportunity. But if you don't want to go, then how about sending somebody? And that faith promise card in front of you is the tool that will help you to send somebody and do something incredible for God. Come on, let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you this morning for your presence that's here. I want to thank you, Lord, that just in a short service we've been able to focus on what really is important so often lord we can talk about incredible things but this morning we've focused in on where your heart is your heart is for people your heart is for missions and today lord i just pray that every single person in this room will be touched by what touches your heart the salvation of humanity help us lord to do well help us lord to be generous in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're ready to fill out your cards, the stewards will just come, take them up. But you know, i got two minutes and 44 seconds. If you're away from God, today's your opportunity to get right with God. Simple as that. That's what missions is all about. This is what this message is all about, getting right with God. Because there's nothing more beautiful than getting right with God. Are you right with God today? Because if you're not, don't leave this place without getting right with God. In a few moments, I'm going to give you the opportunity to get right with God. The other call I want to make out is, is this. Is that, are some of you feeling the call to get involved in missions? Actually, to go to the mission field. And do you know what? We want to help you to do that. If that's you, you you feel the call to go to the mission field. We'd love to pray with you this morning. Why don't you stand right now? Stand to your feet. Just make the stand. I'm not saying you've got to go today. I'm not saying you've got to go next week. But if you feel a call to the mission field, to go to missions, wherever it may be, would you just stand to your feet right now? Come on, I want to pray for you. Yeah. Look at that. Look Look at these young people over here. How awesome is that? That's awesome. I love that. Helen, look around. You're looking around? Yeah. Come on, why don't you come forward? We want to pray for you guys. Just come. Just come, come, come. Are there others? You know, seriously, I'm not here to tell you when because I don't know when. I just know this, that if you make yourself available, God will open the door when the opportunity is there and you'll go when it's there. So it's not up to you to make it happen. It's up to God to make it happen. So I just want to make that really clear with you guys. All God's looking for is for you to say, Lord, here I am, send me. And then just wait for God to open the doors. Don't push, don't shout, don't stress. Just be available and God will open the doors. He will. He'll open the doors. He'll open the doors. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales as well as accessing other free resource materials.